Welcome to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Stay tuned for this week's message. ...to do in your world. Amen? Fantastic. Now, because it says if you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. But I've got to be willing and obedient. It's not either or. I've got to be willing and obedient. I, I have to be willing to receive. There's a leper walking along and he says, if you can, he says, no, no, if you can receive. I'm willing and I want to do it for you. Will you do what I ask of you? Because we know that God has the plans and purposes for our lives, the, the path set out before us that He wants us to walk. I have to be obedient to the path He sets before me and willing to receive the blessing that He's laid up for me. Does that make sense? Good. Hey, uh, I just wanted to share with you really quick. I was in Melbourne a few weeks ago and I told you about a lady that I, I got a word of knowledge for. She'd been uh, paralyzed for six years. In, in 2012, she went to hospital. She got released in February of 2018 this year. She had three carers that looked after her 24-7. Uh, and so she walked, you know, she, she couldn't eat her by herself. She couldn't dress herself. She couldn't shower by herself. She had carers to do all that for her. She stepped out of a wheelchair walking. Uh, the next day arrived to church because she drove. She came up the 10 stairs. She entered into the church praising God. God is a miracle working God. But I had another, yeah, come on, that's, that's worthy of praising him. He gets all the glory. But there was another couple that walked up to me, uh, an Asian couple, and, and it was a little awkward at the moment, um, but it, that I'm used to awkward, I'm quite awkward. And uh, this lady walks up to me and she says, this is your baby, and she held a baby. And I said, you're Asian, your husband's Asian, and your baby's Asian. I don't think this is my baby. And she said, last year, while you were here preaching, you were, you were mid-preach, and for some reason you turned and you looked at us and said, I see you holding, oh, this is not, I'm not declaring this over you, great. I'll, I see you holding a baby within 12 months. Uh, and then I just went back to preaching. And she said, what you didn't realize was it was medically impossible for us to fall pregnant. And so 12 months later, in that service, they walked forward with the baby. That was just a word from God, a promise from God. God has something for you here this morning. God wants to get something to you. He wants to release something to you, but we have to be willing to receive what He has for us. Whether it seems impossible, whether it seems improbable, whether we haven't dreamt about it, whether, whether somebody's told us we can't have that. When God gives you a word, I want you to stand on that word. I want you to let that word be a foundation for your life and your future, a, a foundation that you dream from, a, a foundation, a place that you build from. Uh, because so often we get swayed and we get, we get tossed around by the storms of life or, or the battering of words that people have spoken over us. But this morning, I want to I speak faith into us this morning, that with God, nothing is impossible. Amen? And uh, I just want to take a few minutes in the beginning to get us to focus up on the cross and what it means to us. And, and I, I know we do communion, you know, once a month and we do, but I don't think as individuals we do this enough where we actually focus on the work of the cross and what it means to our lives. Because when I'm feeling burdened down and I'm feeling weighed down and I feel like I've got things coming at me from the left and the right and from in front and from behind and I'm, and I'm juggling in life, I'm not in a place where I'm looking at the cross. Because on the cross Jesus said it is finished. The attack of the enemy, the, the work of the enemy, the, the evil that wants to come against me and upon me. When, I, when I'm not looking at the cross, I carry everything else. But when I look at the cross, I realize that Jesus, in compassion and mercy, gave up his life for me so that I didn't have to carry the, the cares and worries of my everyday life. I'm preaching at me this morning. I'm offloading as I speak. There's a, there's a, I'm feeling lighter as we go. 
I, I want to get you free this morning in the fact that everything that you need was done on the cross. Everything that you needed to get rid of was dealt with at the cross. That today you can walk in freedom and victory because of the cross. And, and I don't know about you, but when I think about the crucifixion and Jesus there, the only thing he did was, was extended grace and love. He said to them, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. He's on a cross dying in my place. I, we knew what we were doing. It was our sin that put him there. It was our hatred of him and his de declaration that he was the son of God is what put him there. And he said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. There was no condemnation. There was no guilt. There was, there was nothing being put on us except a cloak of love and grace. And, and I want to encourage you, take a hold of that this morning because what that means is you're loved. You're forgiven. You're empowered. But also heaven now has an expectation that you will live a certain way. Heaven's expectation is that you would live an abundant life, that you wouldn't ex accept the status quo, that you wouldn't just go through life in, in a mundane way, you know, just, just walking through, you know, whatever happens, Groundhog Day, this is as good as it gets. No, God has more for you. And He expects that you will go on in life and that you'll grow in life and you'll be enlarged because of the cross. Amen? Everybody say, there comes a day. There comes a day. Have you ever had a day? Not just an ordinary day, but a day, a, a good day, a, a great day, or a tragic day and a painful day. Let's just reach our hands out towards Pete this morning. <laughs> Collingwood lost yesterday in the last minute and 45 seconds. Anyway, that was, it, was, it was a day. But I'm hoping that today you have a day of revelation. Because when, when, when revelation comes upon you and you, you see yourself as God sees you, and you see yourself as He's destined you to be, something shifts and something changes and you start to live differently. Uh, you know, it says this in 1 Corinthians 15, 57, it says, but thank God, but thank God, thank Him in the good, thank Him in the bad, thank Him in the victory, thank Him in the defeat, thank Him along the journey, but th it's, it's, it's important that every single day of our lives we carry thanks and gratitude in our heart towards God. And when I'm looking at the cross, that's not a hard thing to do. But when I take my eyes off the cross and I start looking everywhere else, I forget what was done for me and how I should be positioned in life. It says, but thank God, He gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. You have to know that you are positioned for victory today. Because of the cross, because of Jesus Christ and His love for you, you can walk in victory today. And I don't care what your circumstance looks like, and I don't, know, I don't care what, what situation says is reality right now. God can take you from your current reality and place you into your God-given destiny in a moment in time when we stay in faith and we stay in great gratitude. Amen? Come on, let's give God a hand this morning. Just trying to get my thoughts back together. I need a second. It says... Uh, so, my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. Faith causes you to be strong and immovable. It doesn't matter what's going on today, I'm going to be strong and immovable. I'm going to hold on to my dreams. I'm going to position myself in hope. I'm going to have a vision for the future that is beyond my current reality. I'm going to be strong and immovable. I want to I, I want to develop on the inside of you uh, the ability to dream bigger than you've ever dreamt before. 
And I know it's only found in Christ because victory comes through Jesus Christ given by God. But when I, when I sit in that place of all things are possible, and, and the, the Bible doesn't make sense in that everything that is, is culturally relevant to us is, is, is irrelevant to the kingdom. It, it's, it's countercultural, the kingdom of God. He says, wait and I'll do. And you go, but I want to do because I achieve. He says, no, I can cause you to achieve far more by waiting on me because I'll put my strength in you and I'll put my spirit upon you and I'll go ahead of you and I'll bring down strongholds and barriers that are holding you back if you wait on me. Because we think we got to do, but God says, just be. You were, you were, you were created in his image and, and empowered by his spirit to be, not just to do. You know, most people are paid by the hour, but I want to encourage you that your worth is in who you are, not in what you do on an hourly basis. Your boss may pay you according to, uh, this, this is the, the rate that's given for your, you know, you're a junior, you're a senior or whatever, but God doesn't seize you like that. Seize you. He doesn't even see you like that either. <laughs> he doesn't have seizures. He doesn't have anything. But anyway, uh, and this is, this is the Apostle Paul saying, anchor your faith and your hope on the unmovable rock of Jesus and his word. What is the word that you base your life on? Because it says, and this is what the word says, it says, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will remain. Everything we have, everything right is, is temporal, but the word of God is truth and it's unshakable and it's unmovable and it lasts for eternity. So, so we're traveling through temporal to get to eternal and God says, hold on to my word. Not the, the, the status of the house that you have or the car that you drive or the job that you have. I want you to base your life. I want the foundation of your word, word, world to be on my word. In Jesus' name. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord, for you know that nothing you do in the Lord is ever useless. Nothing you do in the Lord is ever useless. It holds weight. It, it, it shifts lives. It, it changes futures. It, it, nothing you do, nothing that God asks of you in life is beneath you or is useless. I don't know about you, that helps me. That, that helps me because it helps me live like Jesus when I understand that when God asks me to do something and I'm willing and obedient to do what he asks of me, that it's not useless. It's achieving something in him. You, I, I don't know if you've heard the saying before that God's doing more behind your back than you can see behind your eyes. Uh, I was at the um, supermarket the other day and this beautiful lady pulls up in her little, um, what do you call it, a, a disability scooter, mobility scooter. She was, she was older. She might have been 85 or something. She had her bag on the back of her uh, cart and she's driving through the checkout. Uh, and as she gets to the check, she realized she didn't have enough money. So she started taking things and saying, I'll oh, just hold that back. I'll just hold that back. I'll just hold that back. And she ended up out of about the eight things that she had, she only got three that she was going to put into her cart. And I could see her looking across the way at the flowers. And I said, do you like those flowers? She goes, oh, they are beautiful. I said, why don't you go and choose yourself a, pair, uh, a, a bunch? And so she went over and I said to the other girl, scan all of those other things and put them on my bill. But when she comes back, put it all back into her bag. She couldn't see because the bag was behind her. And I was just like, I, I felt like God said, just bless this woman. Just, just be a blessing. You, you, you preach all the time and you talk a whole lot, but just, just be a blessing in the moment in what you can do. And so she, she backed a little mobility. She backed back up and, and she had a bunch of flowers. And I, they were reduced from $10 to $5, so it, it was nothing. And so we just put all the things into the back of her bag and she was going to find it when she got home. And I'm, I'm just like, oh, this is awesome. I was blessed by that, the, the fact that I could. 
And I turn around and, and there was, as I look back, there was a whole line of people behind me just smiling at me. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. That, you know, and, and one of them, though, looks at me and goes, why would you do that? I said, because I can. And because I wanted to. And, it, you know, Mother Teresa made a statement once. If you can't change 100 people's lives, just start with one. And, and, and I want to change somebody's life. I want God to be evident in me and through me. I, I don't want to have to preach the gospel. I want people to go, you're living in victory. You must be in Christ. There's something about you that is different to the, and, and here's the deal, it doesn't make sense because I'm just giving away my money. I, but that's what I live for. I was put on this planet to be a blessing. God wants to get it to me so he can get it through me. I want to encourage, let's be, see, see, being a Christian and living like Jesus looks like something. I, I can sing every song I want to sing. I can make every declaration and pray the greatest prayers on the planet. But if my actions don't reflect my declarations, they mean nothing. There's a scripture that says that you're like a, a clanging gong, that you're making a whole lot of noise that is irrelevant too. There's, there's relevance in how we can do life or there's irrelevance in how we can do faith. Anyway, there, there comes a day for each of us when we need to realize I am who I am. I'm in the situation I'm in and I'm going to get happy regardless. Can I encourage you, get happy regardless. You have the power to choose today whether you're happy or not. You have the, the, the ability today to choose whether you put, where you put your focus. Whether you focus on the negative or you focus... Oh, you know, the last two weeks I've been focusing in the wrong direction. I'm making an active decision today to change my focus, to look at the promise, not at the problem, to say, God, you are more than enough. You are, will, you are able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that I can ask or imagine. You can do the same thing. It's a decision we make every single day. Whether you're, you're living you know, happily or you're, you're in depths of despair, it can all change in a moment. And you know, we live in an IT-saturated, social media-obsessed society. Like, like that's the reality of our world today and everything I see and things are flashing at me and, and people are putting up their highlight reels and it, it is so easy to compare with everybody else. But they took an hour to get that one photo, right, that looks perfect, look at their perfect family, look at their perfect house. Do you know, I've seen, I've seen Instagram posts where people have put, oh, a new car today and they're holding a set of keys and standing in front of a Porsche. I was like, you've got a Porsche and I'm flipping, I've got a $3,000 Passat. Are you kidding me? I work my guts out. I'm flipping. When you zoom into the keys, it's for a Hyundai. It's not, it's, they don't even own the Porsche. They, they set the picture up. It, it's not real. Instagram isn't real. Facebook isn't real. Social, social media isn't real. It's not real relationship. It's not the reality of the situation. People are posting and posing what they want you to see. So it's so easy to compare. And it's e really easy to complain. You don't know my situation. You don't know my story, where I've come from, what I've been through. What you don't know what I've been through. You don't know where I've, we've all got a story. And it's easy to compromise. I want what they have, so I'm going to cheat, lie, and steal to get it. I'm going to, I'm going to compromise my values. I'm going to compromise my morals because I want what it, I, I, I is perceived or I think they have. They don't even have it because it's not real. But it's not always easy to cheer. I believe Christians should cheer. I believe we should live in victory. We should get happy. We should go, you know what, despite the mountain, despite the storm, despite the lies, despite the, the pushback, I'm going to get happy anyway. And I think of Paul and Silas in, in, in jail, the deepest, darkest part of the prison. 
falsely and wrongly accused, beaten within an inch of their lives, chained to the floor, worshipping God. How do you do that? You just get happy despite your circumstance. What does it say? But thank God. But thank God. But thank God. If you have a but thank God um, spirit, everything will shift in your world. If you have a but thank God, when you get that flat tire, but thank God. When you go, you know, I, I remember Amanda being told that she was um, being, being retrenched in a whole lot of debt, but thank God. She walked through that retrenchment, got offered a, a, the same position with another company that was taking the company over, got paid out, you know, 70 odd thousand dollars, cleared every single debt in a moment, got a new job with pay rises, has got more flexibility, but thank God. It looked like I was being fired, but God was setting me up for a victory. God was setting me up for the other side of the storm so I could come through that bigger, stronger, more filled with faith and I could do what God had called and destined me to do. You know, I was thinking this one, that losers in life cheer when they win. Winners in Christ cheer not only because they win. It's easy to cheer when I'm winning. But I don't, and I cry, and I kick, and I moan, and I whatever. I rang Pete yesterday afternoon. His team had just, I was pr probably pretty mean of me, because it was only about two minutes after the siren had gone. But I rang Pete, and he goes, that's all right, we're set up for win to win next year. That was his initial response, because that's a winner. We didn't win today, but we're set up, we're stronger, and we're more established for next year. We'll come back stronger then. It wasn't a woe is me, uh, I'm down in the dumps. Can I, can I encourage you, let's get over quickly what we face in the immediate. Uh, you know, and here's the thing, winners cheer because they know that winning is inevitable. And even though the immediate circumstances says otherwise, they have this internal assurance and eternal assurance that all things are working together for their good. It's a promise of God for your life. You can base your life on that rock, on that foundation, that all things uh, are working together for your good. And if it's not good, then it's not over. If right now you're walking through a time that is not good, then it's not over and God hasn't finished. Because, but thank be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. I got to stay in Him. I got to look to Him. I got to thank Him for what He's done. And I, I share it all the time. But Thessalonians, rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. It's not just His will for your life, it's His will for your life in Christ Jesus, because that's your place and your position of empowerment. Amen? And I just want to remind us that God always takes us onwards and upwards in life. He always takes us onwards and upwards when you journey with Him. But our, our, our perspective determines how we journey. He takes us onwards and upwards, but it's not always good, but it's going to be good, but it's my perspective of the moment that determines how I journey. Because I journey dragging my knuckles, or I journey moaning and complaining and whinging based on my, my perspective of the moment, or I get happy despite knowing that I'm getting stronger, and I'm being sharpened, I'm, gonna, I'm being made all that God wants me to be to get to where God is destined for me in life. I wrote this this morning, that whether we see trials as setbacks, which they can be, or as a setup for the victory that God has for us ahead, it's up to us. Proverbs 15, 4 says, the way of life winds upwards for the wise. The Bible says that the, the, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. That as we stand before God, as we look towards God, He says, you're wise and I'm causing your life to wind upwards. Going from blessing to blessing and strength to strength. Psalm 84 says, what joy for those whose strengths 
comes from the Lord, who have set their mind on a pilgrimage to Jerusalem. When they walk through the valley of weeping, it'll become a place of refreshing springs. The autumn rains will clothe it with blessings. They will continue to go stronger, and each of them will appear before God in Jerusalem. I love that. There comes a day where each of us need to summon whatever little strength that we have on the inside and say, you know what, God, I believe. God, I believe that you're all I need. God, I believe that your promises are true. God, I believe that you have a future and a hope for me, that you've gone before me to make my path straight. God, I believe, and I'm going to journey in you. Because it says that then they bring transformation to their world. It doesn't say anything about having their own ability. It says, blessed are those whose strength are in you. Blessed are those that have strength in you, God, and walk your path that you've placed before them. They will go and bring transformation to their world. They'll bring places of weeping into places of joy and abundance. They will go through and they will shift atmospheres. They will shift circumstance. Their immediate will line up with what you've promised for them because they're walking in you. You know, I I love this. It says in 1 John, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. I think there's a lot of Christians walking the earth that don't know that they know that they've got a revelation of the fact that they have eternal life. You have been given and graced eternal life when you said, Jesus, I believe in you. I make you my Lord and Savior. I ask you into my life. I want to live according to your way. When you did that, you assured the fact that there is an eternal uh, destination for you with Christ. You will go to heaven. You will be with the Lord, spending eternity worshiping Him. It goes on to say, this is the confidence that we have in approaching God. God wants you to be confident. I can hardly see you. God wants you to be confident. He wants you confident in life. He wants you bold. He wants you walking towards the future, not fearful of it. And I, I don't know about you, but that helps me. Come on, Christian, pick yourself up. Keep going, get going again, adjust your attitude, adjust your actions, walk towards the future that God's promised you, knowing that He will make a way. And man, we walk through seasons where I'm like, I I just got a a quote the other day to get double hip replacement. I don't have insurance that's going to cover it, so I'm going to have to pay it out of pocket. It's like, whoa, hello. God says, I will make a way. I will provide for, I will do what I do. You just keep walking the journey. We, we got some challenges at the moment with, with the enemy coming at our kids. I'm like, you know what, I can't see how we get through. God says, come on, just keep going. Just keep going. Just stay in faith. Just keep pressing forward. Don't give up. Don't give in. Just, just stick with me and watch what I will do. I think, I think our stickability needs to get better. Our, our, you know what, I'm, I'm not letting go. And you might be somebody that lets go in every other area when it gets tough or when it when it's doesn't suit you know, what you want it to, but God, just, just stick with me. Don't let go. Hold on and watch what I will do. This is the confidence we have in God that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we will have whatever we ask Him for. Put your confidence in God. You've, you've been given eternal life as a free gift. It's been grace to you. And you can ask God for whatever you want and receive from Him in line with His will for your life. What don't you have because you haven't asked for it? James 4 and 2 says, you have not because you ask not. Is it provision? He can do that. He says, I own the cattle on a thousand hills. He says that the streets of, of, of heaven are, are lined with gold. God's not, God's not desperate. God's not, man, I need, to, I need to check into the bank and take some money out of the town. God has what you need. There is an abundance, there's excess, heaven is overflowing. What haven't you asked God for? 
Is it, is it relational? Is it physical? Is, is it mental? What is it that you haven't sought God for? Because he, He's given you eternal life and He wants to set you up for victory every day of your life until you get there. Mark eleven twenty two says, have faith in God. I think about the, you know, the story of God and Gideon. Gideon's in a, in a, a threshing place, in a, in a wine press threshing wheat. You're meant to make wine in a wine press. He's doing something that's not usually, I don't know if you feel like I'm in life and I should be here, but I'm here and I'm not doing what I thought I would be doing or should be doing. And God says to Gideon, go in the strength that you have. And Gideon goes, I don't have any strength. I'm from a weird little family in a weird little town from a weird little tribe and I'm the weirdest of everyone. I got nothing. I got no strength. I got, but, but Gideon had to see himself as God said he was, not as how he felt. I don't know how you feel right now, but you've got to go to the Word of God and say, God, how do you see me? Because he doesn't see you as weak or he doesn't see you as broken or he, he doesn't see you as, as unable. He sees you as someone that can get through in victory. And even when you feel weak, he says, my strength is made perfect in your weakness. So just do it weak. Do it fearful. Do it guilty. Do it however you do it. Just keep doing it. Just keep walking towards me. Keep looking towards me. Because victory is assured in me. Gideon had to put his confidence in God to, feel, to fulfill what God said he was going to do. You won't do it in and of yourself. You'll only do it in God. Because what God has called you to is far bigger than you. There's not one person on the planet that can achieve the God purposes for their life without God. You gave me a dream, you gave me a vision, thank you very much, now I'm going to do it by myself. You can't do it. You'll burn out, you'll blow up, you'll, you'll, you'll get disgruntled, something will happen. You've got to stay in God, humble, serving His plans and His purposes. There comes a day when we need to own our own stuff and not blame or complain or run away from it. We've all got stuff. To live in victory, i got to own my stuff. We have to own our stuff. Whether it's, it's a temper, whether it's language, whether it's addictive personalities, whatever your, your stuff is, own it. Because when you own it, you can do something about it. And what I own, I can give away. And the Bible says, cast your cares upon me because I care for you. You can come to me and you can cast anything you want upon me. Do you know God knows that you're flawed? It's not a surprise to him. Christian said, what? Oh my God. No, it's, it's not like that. It's God knows we're flawed. We're human. We've been made, we've been born of, of, a, of a broken nature. That's why Jesus came, to make us what we're not. I don't want you to hide what, what's going on in your world. I want you to deal with it. Bring it out into the light and let God go, okay, I can help you with that because you can't change it in and of yourself, but God in a moment can do what we never could. You know, Jesus owned his stuff. You ever thought of the picture of Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane? He's about to die. He's, he's under so much duress that he's, he's, he's um, crying blood, sweating blood from his eyes. And, and, he, and he, you know, this is the chichi paraphrase version. What the heck? These idiots hate me. They've flogged me. They're about to flog me. They're going to put a crown of thorns in my head. I'm about to be crucified. What the heck? Nevertheless, Lord, not my will, but yours be done. I'm going to own my moment. I'm going to own my stuff. I'm going to go through what I have to go through so that you can raise me up. 
Jesus went through what he had to go through in the plans and purposes of God to win the prize. To, to, that was his confidence that God had spoken. His father had spoken to him. He took confidence in the word that had been, he said, not my will, but yours be done. That they're spitting on me. They're pulling my beard out. They hate my guts. Have you ever felt like the world is against you? That, that, that circumstance is conspiring against you? That it must just be because I'm a Christian? Maybe. Spiritual, whatever. Maybe not. Maybe it's just life. But you can get beyond it and you can rise above it. There comes a day where we need to put others' needs before our own comfort and convenience. If I want to live in victory, there comes a day where I have to put other people's needs ahead of my own. Because he says, that's the Jesus way. That's the way I've called you to live. That's what I want you to do in life. And I, just like Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, just like the Good Samaritan, I don't know if you know the story of the Good Samaritan, but it's an awesome story. I want to read it to you this morning. And then we're going to pray. But in Luke 10, starting in verse 25, it says, And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tested him, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, What's written in the law? What is your reading of it? So he answered and said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You've answered rightly. Do this, and you will live. But he, wanting to justify himself, said to Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Have you ever asked yourself that question? And you're kind of asking the question uh, so that you can get out of what you know what you're meant to do. Well, who is my neighbor? Who, well, you know, is it the person that lives right next door to me? I'm in number eight Zinnia. Is it 10 Zinnia? Are they, they my neighbor? I help them and nobody else because they're my, no, no. Every person on the planet is your neighbor. We've been adopted into the family of God. He says, there's my will that none should perish, that all should come to eternal life. So God sees every person on the planet as his kid. If we're part of the family of God, whether we've accepted Christ or not, if we've been accepted by him, then every other person on the planet is our neighbor. And when you have a God opportunity or a God inspired moment where, where he says, why don't you do this for this? But they are your neighbor. They are the ones you should help. They are the ones you should bless and, and, and encourage in life. It says, then Jesus uh, answered the man and said, a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jer- Jericho and fell among thieves who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by a chance, a certain priest came down the road and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite, when he arrived at the place, came and looked and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion. So he went to him, bandaged his wound, pouring oil and wine, and he set him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, took care of him. And on the next day when he departed, he took out two denarii, gave it to the innkeeper and said to him, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, when I come again, I will repay you. So which of these three do you think was a neighbor to him who fell among thieves? And he said to him, he who showed mercy on him. Then Jesus said, go and do likewise. It's not always convenient. It will cost you. It's it's not always something you want to do. But what's interesting here is religion didn't help this person. It crossed by on the other side of the road. Commonality didn't help this person. It, it crossed on the other side. This was a person who had a heart of compassion, not even from the same tribe, not even from the same people group. This was somebody that said, you know what? I can, so I will. My encouragement to each of us as a church is, who is your neighbor? 
whoever is in front of you in need. And, and it may not always be a financial thing. It may be a time thing. It may be an ear thing. It may be just listening to somebody so they can get off their chest what's going to take them out if they don't get to say it to somebody. It may be just, just extending a, a, you know, whatever it is, buying a coffee, doing a whatever. I want to encourage you. We can make a difference. And if it's not to 100, it could be to one. We can be the blessing. When the day comes where we decide to walk on the same side of the road that's going to cost us, I believe we can truly say, but thanks be to God that gives me victory. But thanks be to God that gives me victory. I've got victory over my circumstance. I've got victory over my situation. I've got victory over my own desires and my own wants. And my own. I can bless somebody beyond myself. And at that moment, I believe we can say, thanks be to God that gives us the victory through Jesus Christ. As we conclude this morning, uh, I want to I just share this with you. First thing I'd say is find a word and don't let it go. Find your scripture. Find your promise. Find that thing that you can declare every single day before your feet hit the ground. Find that word and, and, and stand on it and let it be the foundation of your life from this day forward. You may have never done this. You may go, well, I don't know what to do. Well, let God give you a vision. Get a word. Plant it strongly under your feet and stand on it. Second thing is this. Speak to whatever storm you face based on the word that you have. Right now, the word that you have is enough to get you through the storm that you're facing. You have enough strength on the inside of you. You have enough faith on the inside of you to achieve it. And the third thing is this, thank God for all he's done and all he's doing. Thank God for everything you've been through. Thank God for all that he's done. Thank God for what he's going to do. Thank God for your future. Thank God for the promise. Just thank God. Can we just put our hands together this morning and thank God for his word and his truth? Let's pray. Just close your eyes for a minute. Father, I thank you. I thank you for your house. I thank you for your people. I thank you for your word. And I thank you for your promises. You're a good and loving God. You are going before us. And I thank you, Lord, that in according to your word, you say that you are building your church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Well, Father, I pray that we would be the church. I pray that we would rise up. I pray that we would go to the highways and the byways, would go out into our communities, would go out and be a blessing wherever, wherever we're found. You've called us to be salt and light, to change our world, to bring transformation through your love and your power. And Father, today I pray that you bless every single person sitting before me in Jesus' mighty and wonderful name. And everybody said, fantastic. Thanks for listening to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. For more life-changing messages, visit us online at c3noosa.org. If you've been blessed by this message, please consider partnering with us financially to see the work of God continue flourishing in and through C3 Church Noosa. God bless.